0: everyone, to the Game Ball Podcast. I am your host, Tom Schuster. Joining me, tonight are Jenny Aquino and Mark Myers. Tonight, we'll be discussing video game reviewers, who we trust, and why. And we'll be reviewing our retro-elect game, rc to go for the Sony PlayStation. Before we get to that, what have you guys been playing? Let's start with Mark.
1: Yeah, so um, I think the main thing I've been playing is um, uh, I downloaded Yakuza Like a Dragon. Um, so I got through... Good bit at the beginning of that. Um, it's good. Um, it it's a little different um, because it's turn-based, so you know, trying to figure out all that stuff is is kind of kind of tough. But um, I'll see what happens when you get more, um, you know, abilities and party members and stuff like that. Um, right. But so far, it is a very good Yakuza game. Um, your first mission that you you meet Ichigo. Uh, uh, in Ichiban I want to say Ichiban but it it might be something else. Um uh your character you play um is he's uh, chasing down um some guy who was selling um VHSs um because uh, you start in the past cuz all these games you start like 10 12 years in the past and then come to the present. Um that he was selling um VHSs uh, to teenagers to it was pornography but it was it was really like of videos of animals, <laughs> so you know <laughs> that's that's just the first story. Um, and they make a reference to Dragon Quest, which is basically their um their, or whatever their equivalent to you know, um, you know did that RPG. They, you know it's not Final Fantasy. Um, in this, well, but, I
0: uh, I've heard it's the the battle system is very similar to Dragon Quest.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but they they have another name for it. It's not Dragon Quest. I forget what it is.
0: Dragon Um, Ward?
1: No, 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 no. Like, they call it a different thing, because I don't know if they can say Dragon Quest.
0: Oh, probably not, because I think Enix owns, or Square Enix owns, Dragon Quest. Yeah,
1: I forget what they called the game, but, you know, it's immediate, the first thing. He's like, yeah, when I fight, I just imagine it. I'm in that game, Um, and that's their way, as I always say, if you're going to do something weird, just give me one sentence. (laughs) Just one sentence explaining why it's going on, and I'm in. I mean, hell, I love a certain group of movies that I don't want to say so we don't piss off one of our listeners. Um, And, you know, all they have to do in that movie is just give me one line, and I'm like, yes, 100%, I'm with you. Um, And that's what this game does, and I can't wait to see when it does it more. Um, So I'm playing that. I just for some reason picked up FIFA now that I'm on vacation um, again. For twenty one, um, I think it's because Euro was on. So
0: uh yes, that'll do. You it. Know,
1: um, I got back into the footy, um, <laughs> and uh, while playing through it, um, I forgot that I made my coach a blonde-haired woman wearing a giant like um like hat, like one of those like Australian <laughs> giant hats, if you know what I'm talking about.
0: Australian. I don't Australian know. It's
1: like. I don't know. I'll take a photo of it. (laughs) Is it like a Kentucky Derby hat? Like sort of. Um, I'll take a photo of it. Um, and, and she wears a scarf as well. Um, of course on, on the sideline. So, um, (laughs) she looks ridiculous. Um, especially when they, um, they didn't model, I guess, female coaches well, because when she's got to wear the big giant coat in the rain, everything clips through the coat, like Mm -hmm. the hair and the accessories. Um, But it's still funny to me. Uh, So um, so my last thing with that was um, right before we started recording this podcast, I um, my whole goal was I'm going to play it and then hope that a European team asked me to be their coach. And then right before we got on there, uh, the country of Norway contacted me and I am now officially or I should say the coach I created, Tori Callahan, is now the new head coach of the Norway national team. So we'll see how that goes.
2: Congratulations. Congratulations. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank
1: you. Um, so now I am on vacation for the next week. Uh, so I'll probably be getting into a lot of stuff. So hopefully for the next podcast, um, we'll have some things uh, more to talk about. Like I'm going to see what's on game pass and things like that. Um, but yeah, it's just been that two stuff as, as I've been. And obviously the, the stuff we play on stream and the, um, and the, the uh, retro light game, uh, the one thing I'm considering doing—I might talk about this with you, Tom, off-stream. Um, I'm seriously thinking of uh, getting like an external hard drive just to install Call of Duty on, so I can play Call of Duty and not mess up my <laughs> PS5 um, storage. Um, but I don't know f- if they're cheap at all. But um, I mean, you can get them cheap. Yeah, but yeah, that—that's the other thing that's been floating around in my mind while I'm here. I'm like sometimes I just want to sit back and play Call of Duty, but I don't want to install it anywhere.
2: Isn't that sad that that's what they've done to us? <laughs> yeah. The ridiculous game is so huge. You can't even play it without sacrificing your entire console.
1: Yeah. And, cool. and I also found out that my uh, SSD is like almost out of storage. I'm like, how the hell did that happen? And then I think I realized things were downloading to the SSD, like the Stranger Day Me videos. videos. Uh, so I'm like, maybe that's why my computer's a little slow. So yeah, I that'll, clear, that'll do it. <laughs> I gotta clear that stuff out. Um, but... Yeah. So as I was doing that, I was looking through games, to like delete, delete games, and I saw a whole bunch that I want to want to jump into that I have downloaded. Um, my uh, thankfully I didn't buy anything on the Steam. Well, no, I take that back. Did I buy something on the Steam on the Summer Sale? I guess technically I bought Two Point Hospital when it first started um, the Steam Summer Sale, but um, I, I I stayed disciplined and didn't go nuts on buying games I will never play. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is what happens all the time as everybody out there knows that has Steam. Oh yes. Oh, there's twenty two bucks. There's Mm twenty games for a dollar. (laughs) Yeah, I'll buy that and never play it. Yep. That that's the humble bundle for me.
0: Well, I mean I I, I did it years ago with like the the Valve box Uh, or whatever Mm -hmm. it was. I bought every Valve game ever made for like fifteen dollars. Wow. I've played like one game.
1: So. Yeah, so which reminds me, maybe I should go up on their Humble Bundle when we're done to see if they're doing anything crazy. But, um, uh, yeah,
0: also, GOG is doing all kinds of stuff too. Yeah, there's a but lot going I'm, on
1: right now. Yeah, I'm going to look into those games that I'll have more time doing. Um, you know, now that it's not between work and then coming home and doing, you know, streaming podcast stuff and just playing the games I want to play, I, I like that this vacation I might have time to experiment and play like down the Oh, it's on Game Pass. Let us see what this is like you know, nice. sort of days. So I might have more to talk
2: about.
0: Nice. Jen, how about you? Anything new?
2: Um, nothing new, unfortunately. Um, but still having fun with what I've been playing, which is a good thing. So, um, still having fun playing dead by daylight, which is a nice update from, you know, our past podcast <laughs> episodes.
0: You're on a, um, you're on a high right now.
2: I am. I'm on a high. I've been playing a lot of killer recently. Um, I've been actually playing mainly as Nemesis, which, um, if any of our listeners didn't know, Dead by Daylight just released a uh, Resident Evil chapter, Um, and it is actually currently their fifth anniversary celebration as well, so they're doing different events right now too, which is pretty cool. Um, But yeah, I've been playing as Nemesis. I really like him as a killer. He definitely takes some getting used to, but he's a lot of fun once you get used to how to play as him effectively. Um, I feel like he's kind of slow sometimes, but other than that, I really don't have many complaints about him which is nice um i think um my biggest disappointment with the chapter is they released a beautiful raccoon city police department map and it had so many issues and bugs that players once they got loaded into a game they were just booted immediately (laughs) and normally when you disconnect from a match the game thinks that you're like rage quitting so they ban you temporarily from matchmaking again. Oh. And you can't play this game single player. You could only play multiplayer. So I think it starts you out at 5 minutes or 10 minutes. I don't I don't remember exactly. Um, And it extends every time you get booted. So these players were getting booted over and over again and their matchmaking bans were going out of control. So they shut off the map. Unfortunately it's been, uh, I would say a month since they came out with the RE chapter. Almost a month. Um the map is still shut off. They they actually that's a lie. They just recently turned the map on for custom games for people to test it out in um in more of a controlled setting, sort of. And then um they I think today or yesterday opened it up to the public supposedly for regular matchmaking games, but the likelihood of getting on that map is very, very small because they don't want it to be overloaded on the servers. Something like that. So That's kind of disappointing because that was a huge draw of the chapter, but um, that's really the only complaint that I have. Um, But it's been a lot of fun, and uh, hopefully that gets fixed soon so I can actually play on that map, because I've only watched a few streamers play on the map, and it looks huge, so I'm pretty sure I'm not going to be good there. But I'm looking forward to it anyway. Um, What else? Uh, Playing Phasma still, nothing really has changed there um minecraft i'm still playing on and off on a friend's server Uh, i don't know i don't know if i said this in the past but um i built a replica of my house my current house that i live in (laughs) and i started building tanglewood from phasmo (laughs) one of the haunted houses (laughs) and that has been so irritating because the stupid creepers you guys know what the creepers are right in minecraft yes so if we're not that old jen yeah if you if you don't have the torches lighting up every single spot on that map, as soon as it turns nighttime and you can't jump into bed fast enough, these stupid creepers like spawn in my house and then they blow half of it up, and it's so annoying. I I'm like old lady yelling at clouds about Minecraft, but it's so irritating. So that's been taking me forever. But that's what I've, that I've been doing in Minecraft. Um, and then other than that, that's really. The only games I've been playing outside of our you know our streams together like obviously we do Apex on Wednesdays and then I played the Retrolet game but yeah nothing nothing new here. I would like a vacation as well so I can have more free time to play more games. <laughs> I'm jealous of you Mark.
1: <laughs> I hear you there. And uh, update the uh, Humble Bundle thingy shit this week. So uh, that's
0: unfortunate. check out GOG. They've got a million freaking yeah,
1: things on the, sale. The best game on there is World War Z: Game of the Year Edition.
0: I didn't know why. All right.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway, so I've been messing around with the Mister quite a bit. Uh, I've now I'm stuck in. I'm all in. I bought a freaking uh, arcade stick, uh, so now I can play Neo Geo and arcade stuff that's awesome you know uh, i i don't ever do things halfway of course i have to do them all the way so i i bought the 8-bit dough wireless arcade stick and i'm already like what can i do to customize this which is terrible <sighs> it's a like it's just it it's one thing after another it <laughs> just never ends but it's uh it's a lot of fun and i had and i now have it set up in my basement and it's integrated into my setup so hopefully if we get an nes game next week i'll be able to use that if necessary uh i might even you know try using it like once i finish my monday night game i might do a a night where i just play a few random neo geo games before i make a decision on the second game on the (laughs) next game for my stream uh other than that still messing with uh mlb the show Uh, I've made it to the majors. Nice. Uh, my player has 40 plus home runs, which I've never been able to hit home runs in that game. All of a sudden I'm, I'm able to hit home runs, but it's, it's really weird. Once you get to the majors, like you, in the beginning you suck real bad and it levels you up really fast. So it's like, it's like a steep learning curve at the same time as getting all the abilities you ever needed, which is, it's weird. It like kind of levels you up too fast. I feel like like your first year in the majors, all of a sudden you're an all star. Like that's not supposed to happen. But <laughs> what are you gonna do? Uh, I tried to play the uh, Sh- Stranger of Paradise uh, uh, demo. I downloaded it. I was going, went to play it today. It's a timed demo. It's the it 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 wouldn't let me play it. Uh. <laughs> uh I was rather annoyed with that. I was like, why? Why would you let me download it and then only let people play it for a week? That's sucks. so stupid. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I went to di- I went to play it today, and it said, no, nope, no, you can't do that. <laughs> so I deleted it immediately and and uh, started started my playthrough of uh, Intergrade. Uh, so I got to see, you know, I did the f- I did the first chapter this morning uh in performance mode on uh on the original story because mark and i have beaten intermission so now i'm going back and doing intergrade all the way through
1: and are you are you doing hard or just playing it on normal no i'm just
0: i'm playing it on i'm playing it on normal and i'm just absolutely just like decimating it so i'm I'm, like, debating going to hard mode, but I really don't want to.
1: (laughs) Oh, I forgot to mention, I beat Captors 10 and 11 on hard mode. Nice. That's awesome. That was the other thing I played. Still haven't beat Hell House on hard. I skipped that.
0: Yeah, I kind of just want to do, like, a casual run-through just to see how everything looks and do all that stuff, because I really don't want to, uh, like, kill myself. I kind of want to have it be an easy experience, but... It looks incredible. Playing that oh, yeah. game in 60 FPS is the way it should have been mm, yeah. the whole time. I don't know. I'm I'm I don't know if you agree with me, Mark. I know that RPGs don't um, really need it, but I feel like yeah. this game needed it.
1: Yeah, I'm not I'm not a frame rate guy. Um, but this game was so much better at 60. Just you know, with all the particle effects and you know, in the the uh, the speed of the combat between Cloud and Tifa. Um so um yeah the the frame rate immensely helps it um yeah i don't know outside of you know textures loading in better um i don't really know if you needed a performance upgrade but the six the 60 frames was absolutely needed
0: yeah i agree uh i think the faster load times really helped me too because i can just i can go in and out of chapters if i want to it's it's crazy how quick it loads like on the PS4, it probably took like it would take well, almost a minute to load, load a save. Yeah. And if you on this, it takes you know eight seconds or something crazy like that. So the the SSD works, <laughs> that's yeah. for sure. I just hope they let us add another one. That would be nice. But yeah, that's that's pretty much all I've been playing. Um, I it's, it's been a while, Jen. We we probably have some news we got to report on this week, right?
2: Yeah, we actually have. So all three of my stories pretty much came out this past week. Um, So if you guys have anything else you want to throw in there at the end, please feel free. Yeah,
1: I I have a news update. Sure. Uh, Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Father, 20th anniversary edition, edition, five bucks on COG. Okay, you can continue.
2: (laughs) Breaking news here on the Game Vault podcast. (laughs) All right. So the first story... I I may have found us the most realistic Pokemon experience possible. So I don't know if you heard, but there is a park that just opened up called Pokemon Wonder, where you can literally enjoy the beauty of nature while hunting for Pokemon, like in real life. So yeah, this is a 48,000 square foot forest, um, which is located behind Yomimori Land, which is Tokyo's largest amusement park. Um, And basically it's a bunch of, mainly forest land that's been protected for about 20 years. So it's been virtually untouched by people, which is really nice. Um, So basically, you are free to explore these different areas. They've kind of, I guess, not roped them off, but they've sectioned them off in areas where they're letting people go and they have different names. Um, And you literally are looking for Pokemon and they're they're not robotic or animatronic or anything like that. They're very interesting. They're actually hand-created props, I guess is a word for it. Um, But they're created from materials mainly found in nature. um, And they're not these ultra bright colors that you would see in the games. They're actually more subdued or natural in color, which is more realistic how you'd think a Pokemon would appear in real life. Because they would be blending in with their surroundings. Um, So they're hidden throughout the park in what would be their natural habitats, making it really challenging to find them. So I know not a ton of information has come out yet because it hasn't opened to the public yet. Um, But I don't know if they give you like a Pokédex or something to log all the Pokémon that you find. I don't know how interactive it's going to be. But from the pictures that I was seeing of these Pokémon, they are really, really realistic and lifelike, which is amazing because I don't know. I don't know if you guys have seen the Detective Pikachu movie. But that's kind of a decent example of how realistic these Pokemon look without being CGI in real life, which obviously isn't possible. Um, there was a picture that I saw where it was someone took a picture of the field and they're like, can you see anything? And then they zoom in a little bit and you can see that it looks like some tufts of grass look a little bit different than others. But you still can't tell. And then they zoom in all the way and it's like a bunch of little oddish on the ground. And they look That's... like a legit oddish. It's so cool.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. Um
2: yeah, and then there's a metapod that they had on a tree and they made it out of basically folding a palm leaf like origami style into a metapod, but it looked like the like the outer shell of a metapod should look in real life, like just with the textures and stuff. So, I'm like geeking out a little bit, but it, it's very cool. <laughs> that sounds <laughs> it's very awesome. it's very awesome, yeah. Um, So this opens up in Japan again on July 17th, and it's going to be running through April 3rd of 2022, so a little bit less than a year. Um, So it'll definitely be interesting maybe to hear more about this once, you know, it's open to the public to figure out exactly how interactive it gets. But just the idea of being able to enjoy nature and you're kind of hunting for Pokemon at the same time, it obviously is nerdy. But um, I think it's really interesting. It's 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 something that uh, I, I'd like to hear more reviews on once, you know, people get to experience it. But I figured that yep. was that was a good story to throw in here.
1: So yeah. so does it seem better than the Super Nintendo Land?
2: No, no it's totally different. OK, <laughs> this is more of a like of a of a park or a reservation and they put okay. Pokemon in it. <laughs> okay. It's definitely not like like the Super Mario or the uh you know, like the old, like the what's the word, the super immersive exhibits or the parks, you know what I mean? Got it. But uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, once once people get to go in, maybe it'll be a bit more than what I've seen so far. I'm not quite sure. But I mean, if they don't give you a Pokédex, that's just a missed opportunity, in my opinion. So yeah, that's gotta, my that's my expectation.
0: Yeah, you got to have something there.
2: <laughs> right. So, yeah. Um, And I know we actually so my next topic, I know we actually scratched the surface of this uh, Humble Bumble. Oh, my God. Humble Bundle. Um, So I'm not sure if you guys heard, but I don't know if it was yesterday or the day before that. It was it was within the few days of recording this podcast. Humble Bundle decided that they are reinstating their donation cap. Um, Mm -hmm. So obviously they created a ton of backlash earlier this year, which we talked about on a on a previous episode. (laughs) Um, They basically out of literally literally out of nowhere after 10 years of not having a donation cap. All of a sudden they were like, only 15% can go to charity and that's it. So people flipped out and they retracted it and they said, we're so sorry, we'll do better. We're going to take the next couple of months to think about how we can do better, essentially. So now the caps are more generous, but they still prevent customers from spending all of their money on charity or sending all of their money to charity, which was previously an option. Um, so now there's going to be a minimum amount that has to go to Humble Bundle. So it will average anywhere between 15 to 30% of the purchase. I'm not quite sure how they'll decide on that. I don't know if it goes by the purchase amount or not. Um,
1: but I'm going to assume it goes by the publisher.
2: mm -hmm. That's a good point too. Yeah, it could go by the publisher. I was thinking like if anyone has ordered from DoorDash or Grubhub, how you have the small order fee, how you pay more to the company, the smaller your order is. But,
1: yeah, yeah, I, yeah this time one hundred percent has mm-hmm. a feeling of some publishers or develop, not developers so much, more probably more publishers were upset that they weren't getting as much money out of the deal.
2: So, mm-hmm. yeah, well, uh, um, look, they... EA. <laughs> you, you might be onto something actually because basically they're claiming, so they're claiming that they will be using most of this additional revenue that they're gonna bring in. To then bring in even better titles to humble bundle. So you could be on to something more. Yep. And then they're saying that is going to drive more charity money because then people are going to be buying more and then more money going to charity. So that's what they're saying is going to happen. I call um, bullshit on that. Yeah. I mean, I get I get that they need to make I don't know, obviously we can't see their financials and stuff, but you know, how what percentage of people were putting Anywhere from like 75% to 100% of their purchases, you know, to charity, I'm not quite sure. Maybe they were really hurting, but I get needing some of the proceeds on a more consistent basis. But yeah, this, I mean, it's it's definitely in a better direction than what they were previously doing. They kind of flipped it. They kind (laughs) of flipped it on its head. Like now they're only getting 15% instead of the other way around, which was really shady. So I don't know. I, I haven't really heard much. Uh, feedback from people. So I'd be interested if anyone, you know, has any opinions on this, please share it with us. Yeah. So
1: um, I think the main reason you're not hearing as much about this is because, um, you know, with the percentages being flipped, because, Mm -hmm. you know, the last time it looked like they were the whole point people would buy humble bundle stuff was because of the charity and, and the freedom to do that um so when they took that freedom away and then made it look like more of a cash grab you know it it, it's why everybody screamed and hollered and rightfully so um but i think all they really had to do not the percentage thing was shit their first policy they you know had to change but i think by being upfront, you know like they are it you know apparently from what what you're reading um about why they're doing it and what they're doing and what the percentage is it's going to keep you know, most of the noise out. You'll still have your people that, you know, will be against it, but it's the realities of the business is to be able to get the good games, to be able to put them on to get money for charity, they're going to have to pay those publishers. And uh, they can't do that by not getting any money from the bundle. Um, And I think 15% is fine, Mm -hmm. you know, as a low end. um, uh, But yeah, I I think the... The original Humble Bundle stuff, maybe it's a minority opinion here, um, the way it was structured was was uh, not sustainable um, right? Be- because you would, as they probably, the reason they started changing it was found out that they wouldn't get like the 2Ks or the EAs or, you know, they would never get Sony or Microsoft. I'm trying to think of another big publisher. Take two or something, you know. Wow. Um, yeah, but I, I'm
0: not sure because they would. I mean like they had they've always had they've had Square, they've had um not much recently. Yeah, but I, I think that's more due to the pandemic than anything. But they've had Square, they've had yeah. Codemasters, I've seen all kinds of uh different people, but I don't yeah, I don't know.
1: Yeah, my I, thing I is it, my thing is is a it's a it's a it's a recent change in terms of that. And again, the pandemic might be the reason. Some of these companies might lose money and, you know, well, it's for charity, but also we're in the red, you know, um, sort of way business people look at things. Or maybe I'm just cynical about business people, um, which could be completely where my opinion's coming from. But, um, yeah, it's a sense that I think it was a good way for Humble to, I guess, find the best compromise it could um, because it it needs the money to do things. So they can't do a hundred percent, but then you know they can't do it the other way where only a minimal goes to charity because people get really pissed off. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> this is not. probably the best compromise, um, and I think it was the best way to sustain it going forward. I just wish they get better bundles going forward. <laughs> after looking at the one for this week, um, mm-hmm. I think the best game might have been Dangerous Driving, but that's not even a good game. Um, <laughs> and you know, but hopefully, hopefully this entices. Um, maybe not maybe they would still get the the um publishers anyway tom but maybe the publishers put better games on there now
0: yeah i don't know i mean
1: because they're getting it because a lot of times when it was the ea and 2k stuff that would go in there and even the square stuff it'd be a lot of stuff that they knew they could just dump on there like this has already made its money um so here's a way to get back to charity so maybe if they do get a little extra money from Hundle for putting it on there, maybe a more recent game gets right. on there. You know, it's a, the thing.
0: whole the whole thing is a slippery slope.
1: Yeah, you,
0: you're gonna have a problem. People are gonna have a problem any way you do it.
1: So. Yeah, and the best way yeah. is to lean lean more charity. Oh, well, yeah, 100%. I mean,
0: honestly, I think the cutoff. I I'm not a business person. I'm not, I've never run a company in my life, but I would think 50 percent should be your cutoff. That's just me. I feel like that's a compromise. It yeah. used to be you could go up to 100. So why not cut it in half
2: mm-hmm.
0: and not 15 yeah. percent?
2: Well, so. I think, the yeah, the problem was initially they went way too extreme with the cap. And mm-hmm. instead of starting at 15 to 30 percent and then maybe, you know, going to 50 percent if they really needed to. But now it's like they're screwed because are they going to be able to go higher than 30 percent now? Probably not because people are pissed at them
1: yeah so. yep yeah,
2: we'll, see. So we'll see i, I think goes. i think
1: 15 to 30 is right um yeah you know and as long as they're upfront about which percentage it is which right. i think they have to be i <laughs> exactly. think i think the, i think the customer base will be at least satisfied we yeah. are not going to make a hundred percent of the people happy a hundred percent of the time right. which is a life lesson for all you listening out there to live your yep. life <laughs> 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 that way but yeah i i think I think this was better than the direction that Humble was going in, which could have ended the site. Oh, yeah. You know, so I'll take anything that seems to be a positive and leans more charity. For yep. sure.
2: Well, yeah, I'd like to hear what you guys think
1: on Twitter.
2: Yeah. Yes. Definitely let us know. Let us know. Um, and well, of course, I'm sure we'll hear more, you know, if people take this poorly again. Well, I'm sure we'll hear about it very soon, but hopefully they don't. Um so my last story is something remember how we went off on a um not a tangent well I went off on a tangent off off podcast and then we made this a topic about how hard it is to find a graphics card and crypto yep. mining and all that so this <laughs> yep. is kind of in that same vein okay and then it takes a personal turn for me at the end so if there's one thing like I said that we've talked about a few times on the podcast and on our stream it's the scarcity of next gen consoles, especially PS5, as well as GPUs. So GameStop decided to make things a little bit more difficult and a little bit more insulting and the process already is, which has pissed off a lot of people. Uh yesterday, I believe, the company emailed its power up reward members announcing that later that day they would be given the chance to have first dibs on GPUs and or <laughs> PS5.
0: Uh, I got this email. By
2: okay, me. yeah. So for those of you that did not get the email it said to show our appreciation we're opening early online access for pro members only to purchase a p a ps5 or a pc graphics card today at 10 a.m cst on gamestop.com this won't guarantee you'll get one because the quantities are extremely limited but we wanted to prov- help provide our best guests with a better opportunity to score one of these high demand items so all available merchandise was basically being sold in bundle bundles so, for example, in order to get the cheapest deal on a PS5, you also had to purchase a GameStop gift ca- card, and among other things. So, I think the cheapest bundle was like $600.
0: Yeah, because you for had to buy an extra controller yeah. and you had to buy a, you had to buy a uh, gift card and yep. something else. I forget what else. There was some, some other yep. crap.
2: Uh, the GeForce RTX 3080 bundles forced you to buy expensive stuff like gaming monitor setups. So. No, I mean, and this isn't something new for them, because I believe they were doing stuff like this when the Switch was super rare. Yes. Or where they, they were, were having these crazy bundles going on.
0: Right. They would bundle it with like three or four games. And well, granted, I actually bought a Switch in a bundle because there were games that I wanted anyway. Mm-hmm, so which it, is that, worked, that worked out. That's different. But when they're bundling it with stuff with that people don't need, like an extra controller or a gift card or I don't know
2: a monitor when a I just mo- want to upgrade my GPU right. I don't want another monitor
0: so this whole thing isn't new either No Newegg has been doing something similar for about a year now with mm-hmm. their their Newegg shuffle but yeah. they're grossly overpriced so it's there's just there's no winning at this point
2: No there's not and it's it's sad because you know at this point we're learning like you said bundles are the way to go unfortunately like with the gpu are you going to wind up going for a pre-built if you're so desperate for a upgraded experience on your pc were you one of the people that sold your graphics card before all this happened and now you can't get one like people are put in a bad position where you're paying more but you're receiving more at the same time but like do you want everything that's in the bundle hopefully like you know with your switch at least you wanted those games but like Maybe you weren't intending to buy four or five games with your Switch, and you were like, okay, well, I'll do it because I want the games, but I wouldn't have done this initially. Um, But after all of this happened, um, everything sold out in less than an hour, which is not surprising, but, I mean, these bundles, like, flew off the shelves regardless. Well, yeah, because
0: people are going to scalp them.
2: Right, right. Yeah, it's either people are so desperate that they're like, fine, whatever, or they're scalping them, which is really irritating. Um, so from people, from reading people's opinions on this, at this point, the thing that seemed to make people the most upset was that this was an opportunity given to only people who were paying a subscription. And right. this is starting the conversation of, is this going to be the norm now? Are our companies going to now require like, Oh, sign up and pay us this fee. And we'll let you know first for the chance to buy our products. God, so I hope not. that is sadly starting to become a thing because I can say, As of yesterday, uh, New York Comic Con, they contacted people who signed up and paid $100 to be considered super fans. They were allowed to purchase their tickets a week in advance, confirmed were able to go to Comic Con. Every year prior to this, prior to COVID, um, you had to enter a lottery and it was when you got in line, you got in line. And by the time that it was your turn, whatever was left, you had the, you know, pick from. So now if you pay $100 extra on top of the regular ticket prices, which will if you're going for four days, that's going to run you close to $300. Mm -hmm. Now that you're paying 100 extra dollars, you're guaranteed to go to Comic-Con and like screw everybody else like me, who's been going for over 10 years. So unfortunately, I feel like this is going to start to become a thing where it's like, oh, for a little bit extra, maybe you can get to the front of the line or like, oh, for a little bit extra, we'll email you first.
0: And, and this, I this, really this is not. when this is when I stopped going. I would stop right. buying things or going to things is exactly right. when this happens.
2: Yeah. But that's and that's I, what I'm saying. I've, I've been seeing people's opinions like, is this how it's going to be now? Or are we going to have to like if I want to get computer parts, am I going to have to start paying Newegg like five dollars a month to get on their VIP list? Like just as an example. Who knows?
0: But, I really hope not, because. It's so shady. I'm so over it. I'm so over <laughs> all of this crap.
2: Yeah. Like, same. just
1: just let me buy stuff. It's, right. Like, why is that so difficult? Yes. As a good friend of ours would say, it's capitalism, baby. <laughs> I, <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: It's the worst. Oh, I freaking it hate it. It never
2: ends. This is going to be like our topic that just evolves, but like probably in the wrong direction for this whole year.
1: And Jen, I... I I heard you say something about monitors. Do you need monitors?
2: <laughs> why, Mark? Do you have extra I mean, monitors? I may have, I may
1: have a couple of monitors.
2: I, Ooh, <laughs> let's talk after the podcast. I
1: don't know why I just did it. I'm not on camera. I did the uh, Dave Chappelle's scratching guy. <laughs> thing. But it, that was only for me.
2: Oh, well, I could visualize it now. So I still appreciate yeah, I, it. I, I can see it. <laughs> oh, so unfortunately, to end on a sour note, that's all the news that I have for today.
0: I mean, uh. There is light at the end of the tunnel. Graphics cards are, you can find them in stock places, but they're still really overpriced. They're coming down in price, but they're still really overpriced. Yeah. Cause crypto is kind of crashing, thank God. And, you know, the pandemic's finally starting to subside a little bit. So I think it's going to, it's, it'll probably be next year before we're able to get more graphics cards but yeah it'll it, it, it's coming i mm-hmm. i i i just i just hope it's sooner than later
2: yeah I, just, I would
0: like i would like a graphics card
2: yeah i'm i'm as much as i'd like to upgrade i really don't need to don't let dan hear this don't tell anyone i said that but <laughs> <laughs> i am so glad that we built my computer when we did because it was right before like the pandemic Got really bad, like right right before it got serious, you know. It was also
0: right before these thirty series cards launched.
2: Right. Yep. Yeah, and everyone was selling their twenty eighty TIs in preparation of this new graphics card and then they weren't getting them. That was like right when they were selling
0: them. They were fire sailing them. They were like
2: I need this new graphics card right now.
0: (laughs) They were selling their twenty eighty TIs for like four hundred dollars. Yep. Like if I could go back in time I would purchase that. <laughs> yeah. Like crazy. You a 2080 Ti now is like $1500.
2: Yeah, my graphics that, card's a 2060 and it's like 8 to $900 right now. It's
0: unreal. Uh-huh. Like how how inflated graphics card prices are. So hopefully you weren't one of those people that like fire-sold your card and then yeah. couldn't buy one cuz <laughs>
2: We're sorry if you are.
0: <laughs> we're sorry if you are. Yeah, that sucks. It totally sucks.
1: We can end on some good news. Sure. Your boy owns Gabriel Knight, Sins of the Father. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> good for you.
2: I love this real time news update we have going on.
0: <laughs> There's just so many games for sale on on, on Gog. It's unreal.
1: <laughs> it was the it was the, it's the game that jumped out as soon as I searched by best selling. It was like the fifth game on that list for five hours. I was like, all right. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> Again.
0: Uh, Gog is another is another one where I have like eighty games. I've played like four of them.
1: I apparently have three games on Gog I never even knew I had.
0: Some they give yeah. you games for free sometimes you just don't yeah. even know.
1: Yep. I got one Absol- of them's called like Teen Vibes or something like that.
0: Yeah, I got a game called Absolute Drift which I'm pretty excited about. I'm gonna have to try it out soon. Nice. Which is a, a ra- It's not a race. It's like a driving game, but it's like super stripped down. And
1: stylized. Yeah, I'm and it sorry, free. it's called Teen Agent. Okay, <laughs> but yeah,
0: it, and God gives away games all the time. So yeah. if you have a GOG.com account, just log in every once in a while because they all will have like I got 13 for free, um, which is like that that shooter from like the mid 2000s that got remade and everybody hated the, re- hated the remake. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just uh, keep an eye on that stuff yeah all right, so um we we like video games, obviously, and we like to tell you about the games we like, and hopefully we're a good influence on you guys. We're gonna tell you guys who are the influences on us and why. Uh, a video game journalism is a tough thing to deal with because you never know who's getting paid by the people that are that are giving the game. Giving the game to the to the company to to do a review on, so it's tough with pl- with places like uh, I don't want to call anybody out, but you know, like say IGN or big companies like that that get review copies for stuff all the time and are probably getting paid by these companies also to talk about their talk good about their game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we have a few people that we would recommend you guys. Listen to when they're reviewing games uh, and there's and we'll let you know stuff to look out for also. Um, so, Mark, I know you have a huge background with games journalism and you yeah. you you love you love your games journalists. <laughs> so I want to know yeah. who who it is that you trust the most and who you go to for your game reviews. Like, say you want to get a new game and you you're not sure about it. Who are you going to?
1: Yeah, so it, it all depends on the game. Um, I think this was a conversation me and our friend Jonathan were having. Um, like, if I want to know like a, um, you know, uh, whether the NHL game is any good, there's, uh, you know, Jeff Bacalar at, well, now Giant Bomb, um, used to be at CNET, um, is a huge hockey fan and has played all the games as much as I have, and he usually points me in the right direction for that. So that's number one. Um, I would trust most Most games in general, just listening to the podcast, um, uh, to stick with the same company um, with whatever, you know, Jeff Gerstmann had to say, you know, the history, he's been in the business since the early 90s. um, So he's seen everything and and is not, there's no rah-rah, you know, thing about what he likes to say. Um, I think for the most part, I've learned um, uh, through the years, there's not many like Typical like review games journalists left. Um, you know, I, I, you know, you don't, you go to IGN and GameSpot and and all that stuff, and sometimes you don't really know, you know, the reviewers because um, those companies are so big sometimes um, that just reading the reviews sometimes um, aren't good. I think the thing I've I've started to do the most is is go to trust it like. Um, when they do streams and, and videos um, yeah. of games, um, yeah. even if they're games journalists, like I'll go, you know, if, if I want to know if a bloodborne souls game, um, you know, anything Soulsborne, born, whatever you want to call that, that genre. Um, I will see what, uh, uh, Tamar Hussein from GameSpot has to say, um, about it. Um, and, and I'm looking forward to what he has to say about Elden Ring. Um, you know and just things like that it's a very specific um thing uh, i think in terms of streamers um outside of the games journalist sh- sphere um you know there's there's the uh you know you get the people that are really into you know fighting games um and i'm not really a fighting game guy but um if i ever want to try out a game i will see what they think of it you have you have your um, you know, um, and even though we watched Final Fantasy VII remake with him, but you know, you check out uh, what a guy like Maximilian Dude has to say mm-hmm. um, about a fighting game um, when you want that. Um, but yeah, it's essentially come down to I I look for the game and then I see if anybody if see if like GameSpot is is doing anything with it, if Giant Bomb's doing anything with it, and then the two offshoots. Um, that have come from uh, Giant Bomb and Game Informer. You know, you have the group over at Midmax, um, which are a bunch of former games journalists, and you have the, um, you know, over next Nexlander, which are the Giant Bomb guys that broke off. Um, so I check in with each of them and see what they have to say. And I think the one I'm, uh, um, I, I, as I'm talking about, I think the one I trust the most when it comes to, like, narrative-heavy games and single-player games um, that have a little bit of, like, a... Uh, Maybe oh like the story is the focus. I will go and see what a what what uh Austin Walker at Waypoint has to say um, because he is he is he's a very smart guy and um, seems to you know point out the things you wouldn't really think about the game and would let me know if the you know the story is even worth the time to go through um, if they nail on what they're trying to um, deliver. And um, he's never steered me wrong in terms of, of, you know, games, which is why I really want to play Disco Elysium, because mm. he's very high on that game, uh, but just haven't had the chance to. And going off games once, because this was part of me and Jonathan's conversation. Um, uh, Alex Navarro used to be with Giant Bomb now with Nextlander. Um, whenever a new, um, you know, Fast and Furious movie comes out, he loves those things as much as I do. So I will listen to his opinion to know what I'm getting into
2: um,
1: (laughs) with it. And he had very high, great things to say about the last one. And he was right. And I enjoyed it. So you can even you can even get those opinions from, you know, following these guys. I think that's a great thing that this this I I wouldn't say error, but maybe um, it it, may be a better word for it. But um, that we live in where a lot of these people become personalities and you follow them. And you sort of get to know, um, you know, what to take with a grain of salt with some of them. What to, you know, um, you know, to trust 100 percent. You know, I'm not somebody like um, that just searches out like the game tab and just sees random popular streamers playing a game and see what they think. Because maybe it's just a little bit old school in me. But, you know, the guys that have been around and seen a lot um you know i i value their opinion a little bit more um you know than than just random streamers on twitch and that might be that might be a bad thing for me <laughs> but um you know i i i that's the way i i even do movie reviews you know same way as you know um just some random guy's youtube channel isn't going to direct me to you know see a movie or not uh but Yeah. Yeah. I I like I like the thing we're in because you can um, find a guy or um, and sorry, guy or girl. I'm using guy in the literal South Philly sense to mean universal (laughs) (laughs) Um, thing and just, you know, go, Okay, what is this guy? What does this person say? What does that person say? I mean, you know, there's some, you know, um, you know, you go to you go to. you know, uh, somewhere like for for first-person shooters and things like that. You know, some of the or Resident Evil, for instance. You go to some of the people over, you know, the at what good games because they have a history with that stuff. And um, I think that's sort of where I'm spread out. But it's all because it comes back to what Tom said in the beginning. It all comes back to my trust comes with people that have been in the industry and maybe. Have played, uh, have played versions of these games over years and maybe have some inside info, um, you know, into certain things and, you know, can kind of feel it out as it goes along. Um, and that, that's where my trust goes. Um, yeah, so I'll let you guys talk now. But um, uh, <laughs> oh. I do have opinions about where to get news and all as well, but we can do that after you guys finish.
0: Yeah, that's, that's, that's totally cool. Yeah, I mean, I totally understand... Wanting to wanting to hear from someone who's been around. Uh, now, Jen, you have kind of a different take, mm-hmm. uh, um, more of a, a new school take. Mm-hmm. What you tell yeah. us about your your uh, preferences?
2: Sure. So I mainly prefer to watch live streamers um, to get most of my gaming information, preferably through Twitch. And yes, saying that definitely is a hardcore new school approach. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> I have never been one to search gaming sites for reviews on games, though. Uh, So where I base my purchasing decision on someone's review, because honestly, if I don't know this, if this person is being genuine with their opinions, um, you know, they could be pressured by just the crowd of people coming to the site and commenting to lean one way with their opinions or if they've been pressured by a developer or a tech company that sent them free product. And that's that's the whole influencer thing. Right. You never know. They're trying to influence you. You never know who is actually you know, trustworthy. So I haven't done the research to really dig in and say, like, OK, this person and this person, they're like legit. Um, yeah. And I've never been like I said, I've never been one to really search for gaming reviews specifically to base my opinions off of whether I'm going to buy a game or not. But that's just me. Um, when I'm looking for gaming news and updates, I usually browse a few different sites and they're, they're main sites like Kotaku and GameSpot and The Verge. So I don't have any specific journalists that I follow. Like I know Mark was saying, you know, he has very specific journalists that he trusts, which is great. Um, so I am always open for suggestions. Like I know Mark and I have never had this discussion before about me being interested, but I am definitely happy to trust Mark based on who he trusts, because I know that he has a lot of knowledge with this stuff. Um, but as I mentioned before, I really enjoy watching live streamers for my game reviews because to me, it is really hard to fake a review when you're live. Um, it's easier if you're on YouTube and you're not live to edit a video after the fact, where maybe you stepped away to blow off steam in between levels or you rage quit and came back and you're like cursing. I effing hate this game or whatever. (laughs) When you're live, you have very limited abilities to fake it, um, and I've seen so many streamers playing a more dead by daily it's not super mainstream in the sense of ball um what's it called uh fortnite but it's getting there to the point where it's almost mainstream ish mm-hmm. and I've watched so many people playing that game where they're forcing themselves to play because this is what's bringing in my crowd today and they look like they' they're like they're dead on the inside <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean like it's just yep. it's not. It's uncomfortable. So anyway, my point is it's really hard to fake things a lot of times when you're live. So I tend to i'm I'd be more interested in watching someone live streaming a game for the first time, um, who have honest live opinions on, on what they're feeling, what they're thinking, and just watching them, like I said, react to certain things is, you know, an answer in its own to me. Um, so with streaming, I also enjoy kind of filtering who I'm watching, depending on what I'm interested in. So a lot of streamers, like some are variety streamers, but some have a very specific genre that they like to stick to. So I tend to know who to watch when I need some good advice on a specific game. Um, And then before I mention these streamers, like I'm not someone that watches the giant streamers with like 20,000 people watching. I prefer to stick to the relatively smaller to medium sized streamers. Usually at the most, somebody might have 200 viewers to 250, depending on the day. So um, I find that it's a lot more interactive where you can actually ask them their opinions and sometimes they answer you. I I like the interaction element of it. So um, if anyone is interested in really awesome female streamers of the horror genre, I highly recommend Toki, who's T-O-K-K-I. Rinka R I N K A or this is going to be a tough one Dodo Rododo <laughs> <laughs> I'll spell it D O D O R O D O D O um like I said they're they're awesome female horror gamers and all three of them genuinely enjoy what they do and they're honest and they'll tell you if something sucks in a nice way um they're interactive with their communities they answer questions they give you advice and they've built their communities to also give you their opinions too, like in a respectful way. So they just, they have these nice communities where you can go and you can hang out and you can watch them play. And yeah, they're, they're usually willing to play, you know, maybe like the big game that's going on right now, That maybe you're sitting back and you're like, mm, I don't know if I want to play that. And you could watch them and you can gauge if that's something that you'd like. And then you could ask them like, you know, what do you think of this? Or, you know, what does this remind you of? Or, or, you know, how do you like the controls or whatever, So you kind of get, like, a real-time feedback from these people. Um, Manny Cookies is another one, and he's a friend of mine, but um, he is a really great variety streamer where he plays so many different kinds of games. Like, I can't keep track of all the games that he plays. It's very impressive to me. He switches between so many things. Usually one stream, he'll play a few different games. So if you're someone that's just looking for a cool game to play and you literally have nowhere to start, he's a really good streamer to watch because... And again, he's super friendly. He'll just talk to you about, you know, he'll ask you what kind of games do you like? And he'll just rattle off things that he's played or things that he enjoys. Um, so he's really good to watch. And um, another streamer that Tom actually got me hooked on watching is Game Dave. Yeah. Yeah. And he's another really cool person. He's interactive. He's fun. He's funny. And he plays a lot of like a good amount of retro games. And you know, he plays Minecraft, too, but. Um, I feel like watching his streams, I've learned more about some of the retro games that he's been playing. And that's, you know, a reason why I like retro roulette so much is because you get exposed to these different kinds of games that I would never have played before. So and that's kind of why I like Game Dave as well. Um, And I can go on. There's like a bunch of other streamers that I like to watch. But that's just an example of of the kind of content that I like to get from Twitch. You know, obviously, sometimes I like to just sit there and, you know be a potato and just watch and not do anything. But a lot of times when there's a game out, like Resident Evil Village is a perfect example. I didn't know if I was gonna get it right away. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I know I'm gonna like it, but do I want to get it right now? And I, you know, started watching a few people stream it and it was like, this game is awesome. It's like, okay, I'm getting it. <laughs> like <laughs> no questions asked. So I don't know. Just just to summarize, I really like I really like the live streaming reactions on on games and maybe technology isn't really a place where you'd go to twitch most of the time i would see maybe youtube um or one of the websites and journalists that you guys trust i would be more open to to going and watching them or or reading you know what they've written i know tom you've recommended a few people to me in the past that i've enjoyed watching youtube videos for um but yeah i would say my preference specifically for game reviews would be Twitch live streamers for sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's totally a valid place to, to get your information. Uh, as you said, these people are playing the stuff live. So yeah. you, there's, there's only so much you can make up on the spot. If you, if you're right. trying <laughs> to sell a game,
1: but yeah, right. I, I, I totally agree. That's, that's a great spot. And now I, go I, ahead. I think I figured out from Jen's thing, where we kind of differ. I'm not one to interact in chats on Twitch. Um, So that, that whole aspect of, of um, the reason she goes to certain streamers is something Mm -hmm. as totally foreign to me. Um, uh, I'm a lurker as well, Mark. uh, So, you know, I can see that's where we differ on there and maybe this has to do with my journalism background, but the, the thing, the issue she has with some of the professionals Um, Worrying about them being, you know, uh, possibly on the take from advertisers and stuff like that. Um, My worry is more with the streamer that's working for themselves and trying to make money um, on Twitch or YouTube than it is to the person that gets a salary job at a company. Um, I
2: totally get that, too. Yeah.
1: So um, that that's just that's just not not that, you know, this the level that you mentioned Maybe at, at the lower level is definitely not um, an issue, um, mm-hmm. but when you start getting into that 200 or above, there's chances that that could be happening. Sure. Um, yeah. yeah. And I um and and also I'm a little sensitive to when people say that just because working in a newsroom, uh, college, but um and seeing the you know music reviewer get you know free stuff all the time and still shit all over it,
2: <laughs> um
1: you know. Shows me that you can't just assume that um, right. with people, um, you know, you should take, um, you know, a, a, and and also um, a, and this is not, you know, me trying to sound, you know, that 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 I know more than anybody. But um, I know some people um, don't really understand how much of a wall there is between the ad department and the editorial department um, that they have no idea what ads are being put on the site um, when they're writing their reviews and story. So, um, you know, in some cases, you know, maybe someone gets fired. I mean, Jeff Gersman famously got fired because he wouldn't change a review score um, that uh, the developers of Kane and Lynch wanted them to change. Um, and, you know, that happens probably more often than the other way around. But um, but I can see, I, I, I think the thing that we can exchange is I think I understand where you're coming from in terms of seeing someone do it live mm-hmm. um, to where they can't really fake it too much. I mean, some people might be really good actors
2: yeah. and, <laughs> and, that and, and came, do it, yeah.
1: <laughs> um, but you can't tell that um, more than YouTube Twitch. If you're going to give me the choice um, with live or anything, it's a hundred percent Twitch over YouTube um, mm-hmm. because, you know, just the algorithms on YouTube, force you to you know maybe say positive things or negative things more likely um then you might actually feel just to get views mm-hmm. yeah. um on there but I, I think that's where the old school new school approach comes is maybe i have slightly more trust in the professionals right. um than you do um yeah. and that's understandable but yeah um, i kind of see i kind of see that's where our difference is um and i've you know i watch the streamers that we you know, I've checked in on a couple streams like uh, of the some of the people you mentioned. Um, and, you know, well, I don't I'm not really a horror game person, um, you know, so I don't know if the information was great um, that I was getting back um, because I probably wouldn't have played those games anyway. Um, you know, I, I, I you know, it, it's it's good to see that, you know, it at least to me as we're having this conversation, I've not heard what Tom said yet. So, um, is that, you know, that there is a variety of ways to get this stuff. It's not just magazines anymore.
2: Yeah. Which is awesome.
1: As as the only way to get any of this news or message boards where anybody could be anonymous and it could be, you know, a PR person, you know, on Mm -hmm. a message board, you know, uh, hyping up a game. Um, you know, having the face in the face cam and all helps, yeah. but I'm interested. Uh, I'm interested in Tom because I, I have a feeling that he might be a mix of us.
2: Yeah, I think so too.
0: <laughs> yeah. So uh, you'd, you'd be correct. Uh, so I not only look for reviews for new games, I look for reviews for old games. So I kind of have this of uh, this other thing where I, I like to watch Twitch streamers playing old games rather than new games. I feel like that gives me a better idea of the, of the old game because a lot of times there's not a whole lot of information on an older game. So, someone playing it on a stream gives me way more information than trying to dig up a review on a game that's 35 years old. Mm-hmm. But there are certain people that I will go to for new games. Uh, one bunch of a group of guys and gals is Easy Allies, uh, they used to run the game trailers website until GameTrailers shut down and then they became the easy allies. So if you if you know what gametrailers.com is, it's the same people. They're just doing their own thing now. Um I mostly go to them when I'm interested in RPGs. There's a few guys there that really love RPGs. Ben Moore, uh Bradley Ellis, they love RPGs and anytime I want to know about a certain RPG, I will listen to their show or watch or watch their reviews on YouTube. Uh, Brandon Jones do, does a great job of reviewing most games. He's usually the voice of Easy Allies. So if you are watching a review, generally you're hearing Brandon talk because he's like the vo- the voiceover guy. But he, is, I, I also trust him on his stuff, too. Um, uh, another one is Tim Rogers, who used to work for IGN. He does super, super in-depth reviews and I'm not kidding here. He did a he did a re, the review for Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm pretty sure it was four hours long, wow. and you can go watch it on YouTube. But he's he also did something pretty cool when he was working for IGN, where he was doing. I'm going off on a tangent here, but he did a playthrough of the Japanese version of Final Fantasy VII to see where the. Uh, translations were kind of off and where it was different in the Japanese version as opposed to the English version. I thought that was really cool because he speaks Japanese. Very helpful for those who want to play Japanese RPGs. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but he goes super in depth on stuff. And like like Mark was saying, if I'm going to look at a fighting game, Maximilian dude is who I'm going to. But for new games, those are those are my guys. Now, old games is totally different. Uh, like we were saying, like I was saying, I like to watch people stream old games, but also there's a lot of good information out there in general. If you're looking on YouTube for, uh, reviews for older games, um, mostly I'm going to go to lazy game reviews, Clint at lazy game reviews. He's, he's done all kinds of reviews, but it's mostly DOS games and older PC games and things like that. So if you're looking for older computer games, I'd go there first. And Pushing Up Roses, also, if you like adventure games, DC adventure games. But for console stuff, my my big three are My Life in Gaming, Chris at Classic Gaming Quarterly, and our, our good buddy, Game Dave. Our good buddy. I'd say <laughs> that like he knows who we are. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we like Game Dave a lot on this uh, channel. He, just re- he actually just released a new video. So if you're... If you're looking for something to watch, go watch Dan- go watch Game Dave's videos. He does not get enough love on YouTube, as far as I'm concerned. But all of these guys have specific things that they like. Like my the guys at My Life in Gaming, uh, the one dude goes by Triforce, so his he is obviously your Zelda guy, but he's also your uh, he's also your like Final Fantasy 14 and 11 guy, your MMO does, Final Fantasy guy.
1: Does Triforce hate Skyward Sword as well? I don't know if he hates Skyward Sword. He's never
0: really talked about Skyward Sword, but he doesn't like. <laughs> that means he hates it. <laughs> he doesn't. He he's he's like you. He's like he started at um, uh, Link to the Past and then went from there. Yeah. So
1: he he's gonna have to get to know this guy.
0: Yeah. I, I go check it out. He does all kinds of all all kinds of videos. But the other guy, Corey, is a fantasy star fan. So if you if he he's a big fan of that whole series uh and they they're both final fantasy guys and they've done they've done reviews on like the newer final fantasy 7 and stuff but they uh, any any system you could think of they've done a they've done a uh, a review for it because their big thing is is their their setups they have like every retro console they can think of set up and ready to play at any time and chris at classic gaming quarterly He's a big fan of old uh, review magazines, like we were talking about before. Like you could only back in the day, yeah, we're old. You could only get reviews from mail order magazines, or go to a newsstand, or yep. if people know what newsstands are, and Barnes and Noble, and get a gaming magazine and pick it up and read it, or subscribe to it. And he he does like read throughs of magazines and stuff, but he also does his own videos on on certain games. Like he's done the release the release games for the Genesis the release games for the NES and stuff like that. And he, uh, he he has a really cool thing where he'll do like he'll say if a game is good, if it's bad or if it would have been a good weekend rental back in the day. And I think it's a really cool way to 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 talk about a game.
1: So he's got the old school buy rent pass. Exactly. review. Yeah, pretty much. But he,
0: he he often uses the term weekend rental. And I love that because it's yeah. like, all right, I don't need to wait. I don't need to spend money on this game. I can you know, I can play it on my EverDrive or whatever. be fine with that. Like, But if he says like, oh, this game is really good. I trust him because he he he's not he's not wasting money on, on games that he doesn't he doesn't want to play. Uh, and I totally love that because I'm the same way. I I don't. Just buy a game to buy it. I will buy a game if I really want to have a physical copy of said game. So for retro games, check those guys out. New games, we've got the whole smorgasbord here. So pick whichever you like. Like I said, the guys, I, the, the people I, I uh, am drawn to are like the people who like RPGs. But uh, Jen had really good, really good uh, people to go check out. And so did Mark. So yeah. If if you're interested in upcoming games and want to find out about them, check out the people. I'm I'm gonna try to link everybody we talked about in the description. I don't know if I'll be able to. I'll try. I'll have everybody try to send me who they talked about, and we'll uh we'll try to get everybody's input and link link out to them. So,
1: uh, and I'll make the final point about news. Um, you can always go to the trusted um, gaming journalist Jason Schreier for any gaming news and in-depth pieces. Uh, Patrick Klepek does some good stuff, but um, doesn't do much breaking news anymore. Um, but he's really good for features and, and deep dives. And a new person I just found recently um, over at GamesBeat, Jeff Grubb, is amazing. And, um, you know, those are definitely guys that if you like gaming news or want to know inside the business stuff or, you know get a little bit of the curtain pulled, you know, so you can peek in behind the scenes and stuff. Those are three guys I would highly recommend to read um, the articles they post. Um, And uh, yeah, yeah. They, they keep the tradition alive of, of good news um, and not just, you know, put up a three minute YouTube video or something um, about a story that came out. Um, They really, they really go deep and seem to have great sources um, on it. So yeah, thought I'd finish that out since I teased it at the end of my speech. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Sounds good. Yeah, I think uh, I think we've got a lot of good info, info there for all, all you folks listening. So, yep. <sighs> on to the Retro Roulette game. We played this week mm-hmm. rc to go for the Sony PlayStation. So, I kind of described it as a more realistic RC Pro-Am. Yeah. And... I'm sure Mark will be able to tell us if he if he agrees with that. Uh, but it was a lot of fun. If you saw the stream of me playing it, I nearly beat the game. I was very close. Uh, I It was the furthest I'd ever gotten in the game, and I was loving every second of it. I it, It's just so goofy, and I love, yeah. I love it. And I hope Jen we, got far enough
1: to get to the goofy stuff. Yeah, before we go any further, Jen, yeah. did you get to see the first new skin you put on the car?
2: I did (laughs) not to not to uh, ruin the suspense, but I didn't get to unlock it, sadly, but I watched it and I'm so excited (laughs) about it.
1: (laughs) Well, I mean, there there was there was an audible um, happiness in my voice when that thing popped up.
2: (laughs) You're like, oh, man, where's Jen? We need Jen. (laughs) Jen, Jen, get Jen.
0: Yeah. I I figured that's. that's That's the one stream you missed was the was the one we we're all excited about yeah, for you.
2: It was so silly.
0: <laughs> so, Jen, you hated RC Pro Am, so I'm interested uh-huh. to hear what you had to say about this.
2: Um, so yeah. I I I thought it was interesting that the perspective of this was watching the race from a distance, like someone in the stands controlling an RC car. Um, so I didn't think that I was gonna like it at all. Um it was okay. That perspective to me, I mean, depending on the track. I mean, this is the first time I played the game, so I wasn't used to where the track was going. So having those like fixed camera camera angles, focusing on just the section of track that you're on at that time, it was a little it was a little bit of a learning curve for me, I guess you could say. Um, but I guess I got used to it after a while. It's not my favorite perspective in a racing game. I I like to be either in the driver's seat like first person or i like to have it pulled back a little bit where you could see the car but it's still close you know what i mean that's just me personally um but i thought when i first saw that that was going to be a deal breaker for me like right away but it really wasn't which is nice um so
0: so real quick i'm going to explain so at an rc track there is like a like a platform you stand on that all the drivers stand on Mm -hmm and they they obviously are trying to make it seem like you're standing on the platform only yep. watching your car. Yep. So, it's really realistic in that sense? Sure, and yeah. And I can totally understand why someone would hate
2: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was I was fully expecting to really hate it, and I didn't. I got I got what they were going for, and I appreciated it for what it was, um which actually brings me to my next point. It's it's an RC simulation game like it's not just a racing game. I feel like that simulation element is there, which I always appreciate. Um, You can upgrade your cars. You collect money from the races and it's not just like, you know, a basic upgrade like you actually go through parts and you, you know, it's it's there's like a selection of things to choose from. And I I really like that. Um, It kind of it kind of put that interest in the game like, oh, I want to keep going because I want to see where I can go with this. Um, I don't know anything about half of the parts that you were collecting, but it was still really interesting. It's kind of like, I mean, way different, but Farm Simulator, the Farm Simulator game that Mark had played on stream for like, I think it was like one or two streams a million years ago. Um, there's so many Things that you could buy and operate on your farm and I don't know anything about them, but I wanted to use them all. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I want to know what this does. So, like, that's what simulator games do for me. They, like, make me want to figure out, like, what's this for? What is this going to do? Can I collect this? So... Uh, also, as Mark said before, the fact that you could unlock an animal car body is ridiculously awesome to me and hilarious. I think yours was like a hamster or something. I couldn't really tell if it was was a bear. It
0: was a bear. Yeah, Yeah,
2: it was. It's so silly seeing this thing, like, (laughs) just go around the track in a circle and it's this little animal. It was just that that sold me right there. If I wasn't already into it, that would have done it. That's all I needed to have at this point. (laughs) Um.
0: i don't know if you saw it but there was a race where they were all all animal
2: bodies i don't think i saw that one i don't think i saw that but that's amazing (laughs) i love it (laughs) i love it uh the controls were interesting it was very um it was pretty much the way an rc car would be controlled because you had the left stick for left and right right and then the right stick was either accelerating or braking if i'm remembering Mm -hmm. that correctly yeah um So that was a little bit kind of surprising to me. But at the same time, I'm like, this is an RC game. It's not surprising. Um, So I didn't mind it. Uh, It was just, I guess the combination of that with the perspective was a little much for me at first. Um, But I I got used to it. And I like the graphics. They're colorful. Um, I like that there's like seasonal effects. I like the cherry blossoms. There was one track where there was like cherry blossoms. I don't know. I'm being dumb. I, I didn't hate the game was, is my point overall. (laughs) (laughs) It was, it was okay. It wasn't terrible. I didn't hate it.
0: I'm glad you didn't hate it because I had, I was very worried after you played RC pro. Yeah.
2: I could see the um, similarities in them, but yeah, I, I did not hate this game.
0: Oh, that's good. Yeah. Mark, how about you?
1: Yeah. So, uh, For obvious reasons, I did enjoy the game. Um, I think the one thing that stopped me from pushing forward in it is just the uh, I wasn't feeling the uh, the sim the complicated sim side of it with all the different parts and all the different numbers and trying to figure out you know that stuff without knowing you know just I maybe wasn't in the right headspace to dive into that um, but if we're going to talk the actual physical playing of it um yeah it felt like an updated version of RC Pro-Am um minus the you know collecting things on the track and stuff like that um which is why I think I like that game more um because this one feels a lot more like RC Pro-Am 2 Mm -hmm. um where you buy parts and stuff like that um and I didn't dive deep into that one um I was more of The first game, because you pick up your upgrades on the track, which made it more of a, you know, challenge to upgrade and not just oh let me keep doing this thing and getting money and then eventually I'll be too good and I'll blow by all these people. Um, That might just be me with with it. But I think that that's where I I fell off of it with that. But I would recommend it for anybody that likes those games um you know on, on the isometric um, racing um this was a little more I guess two and a half D kind of kind of camera angle to it um yeah you'll enjoy this um the the controls feel fine I mean it is an early PlayStation game um so they're not great uh but you know it's it's definitely one of those I would put it as a you know um Maybe not so much a diamond. There's probably a better saying for it. But essentially Hit, the thing of sort of gem. like a, a hidden gem mm-hmm. or something like that, um, you know, in there that for all those people, like, I guarantee you if you loved RC Pro-Am 2, you're going to love this game. This is essentially the spiritual successor to that game. Um, and for anybody who loves Gran Turismo or um, Motorsport in Forza, you know, being able to upgrade part by part things um and you're okay with going back to older graphics um then then you'll love this game i just either either i think i'm gonna love these games and i don't really and it's one of those things where i just keep tricking myself or maybe it was just the way i was feeling you know over this last week and a half two weeks um that i just didn't go further than than like the you know first couple areas yeah um but it doesn't mean I didn't have fun with it. I just didn't feel a pull to go back. Um, I, I, As I sit and talk about it, I think I have the same relationship with Road Rash, where I will go, yeah, I'm going to play Road Rash. Road Rash, great. Play like the first course, you know, group of courses, and then you have to upgrade the bike and upgrade the parts on the bike. And then I'm like, ah, I don't know. I'm done with Road Rash. <laughs> Just, you know, get
0: a little too complicated.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's not even like I love the first Gran Turismo. I literally had like this really like uh, the fun part was my cousin had the car without me knowing. And my cousin who had uh, just gotten out of the army in North Carolina had the literal Honda that I had in Gran Turismo just by happenstance. So um, I was totally into that first Gran Turismo, um, you know, upgrading and doing all that stuff. But I don't know where the disconnect happened for me, you know, where I just don't want to go that deep anymore uh, with it. Uh, Maybe, uh, you know, I know my my uh, a certain thing that I love doesn't vibe with this opinion. I'm going to say about myself. I don't think I'm much of a car guy.
2: Oh, you're not, you know,
0: you're, you, Mr. Fast and the Furious, are not a car
2: I guy. I don't. How it, would La Familia feel about that statement? It, <laughs> in the I'm going to
1: say this in the sense that I think it's really fucking cool when cars go fast and jump out of buildings and, you know, do all that drifting and the, the shift and the NOS and all. But if you sit me down in front of a thing and go, here's a car, you figure out how to make it better from this piece of car parts. And I'm kind of like, ah, uh, uh, can you do it for me and then I can watch it race?
0: Like, <laughs> it, I mean, to be fair, I, this game is very much a simulator. I'm on yeah. Are you do you have any other opinions before? Yeah, I get it's started? essentially
1: it. It was, it was just like I think I figured out that um, I will do the car thing to a certain extent and I sort of lose interest in doing it. Um, I just want to just just give me like the RPG element where my car levels up or something. I don't know. You know,
0: right. You don't want to <laughs> you don't want to do it yourself.
1: Yeah, I don't want to go individual parts and down to like. Picking out the pistons or something in the engine. I don't know. You know, (laughs) you know, I don't need to go that deep, Um, which is probably why I'm more of a, in terms of racing, I'm more of a burnout paradise, probably horizon type of guy than a motorsport Gran Turismo at this point. That's totally
0: fine. Yeah. Yeah. So this game is very much a simulation for someone who wants, who likes RC cars or can't, couldn't afford an RC car, but wanted to get into it. Um, Mm -hmm. Like, down to changing the pinion, which a pinion gear will change whether the car accelerates faster or has a higher top speed. So, like, it's super in-depth. And me being a person who likes RC cars and owns a few, uh, just another one of my many ridiculous hobbies, (laughs) um, this game was, like, right up my alley. And I purchased this game before I had an RC car because I wanted one. And this was the closest thing I was going to get to. And maybe it's just nostalgia talking, or maybe it's just because I like RC cars, but this was like the perfect game for me. So we were talking on stream and I forget who said, it. I think Mayton may have said it or pork chop, but it was, they were saying that this was the grand Turismo of RC car games. And I was like, that's like the perfect way to put it. The, the amount of simulation and, uh, The amount of detail that went into making sure that the parts do what they're supposed to do was awesome. Like, normally in a car game, like, you could put something on a car and it doesn't really make a difference. But any time you put a part on the car in this game, it made a huge difference. And you noticed immediately. Now, Jen, I know that the the scheme you were talking about for Mm -hmm. uh, controlling... There's an analog scheme, and there's a digital scheme. So the digital scheme is more like a normal racing game. Okay. X like X's go, square is break, yep. use the D-pad. Like, it's cool to do both, but I prefer the digital mm. way. Be- just because the cars, towards the end of the game, like when you get really fast, mm-hmm. they get really twitchy. Mm, so using, okay. using analog will, it's like throw them all over the place so yeah i can imagine that so i generally stick with like the digital setup also because the right stick being being accelerated is weird too for me i just i don't know i never got never got that because they they did that in gran turismo also they they made the right stick the gas and i just was never a huge fan of that but Mm -hmm. being an rc car guy and a racing game guy this i mean i i could i could gush about this game all day you you guys if you saw the stream, you know. I, I rarely get that far into a game on retro roulette, but this one I just kept playing. Um so yeah. I, I'm not gonna gush over too much more. If you like cars, if you like RC cars and it specifically, you will love this because you could do off road racing, you do on road racing. I didn't even get into like the arcade mode. The arcade mode you can do you can actually run like different types of cars like instead of just being the same car you change the tires or change change the body or whatever you can run like monster trucks and buggies and stuff like that but i didn't even i didn't even touch that on stream i just went right to the story mode but that's a, that's a whole other thing so if you if you like changing it up like that too uh arcade mode's where it's at so before i go like talking about this game for another hour and a half <laughs> let's give it let's give it some scores um Let's start with Mark. Mark, what did you think?
1: Yeah, so I'll give it a three and a half out of five. Um, a nice seven out of ten, if you're doing the math um, there. Um, the game's the game's fun, um, and really, the your feelings on which end of the scale you go on, in terms of more than seven, less than seven, or three and a half, um, will depend on how much you like the simulation, building up your car part of the game. Um I more rather enjoyed the um, skins you could put on the cars and the real wackiness of that um, than the building up the car stuff. Um, So that's why it still gets a high score for me, um, despite me not really engaging with probably what is like a third to two thirds of the game. Um, But yeah, definitely recommend it for anybody that likes these kind of, um, you know, racing games. Um, it, or or old school, you know, uh, RC Pro Am fans. Um, you'll definitely you'll you'll definitely get something out of it. And Tom mentioned a few other modes that might not, um, be as you know in depth and be able to have some fun with it. Uh, but it's nice to find some of these these gems. Um, that that I would have probably never played without this segment.
2: Awesome, Jen. How about you? I totally agree with Mark. I would give it a three and a half as well. Um. I really appreciate that this is a simulation game and that they put so much into it um Of course the animal car bodies are my favorite part, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but um like Mark said, this is definitely a gem and I wouldn't I, this isn't a game that I would pick up on my own and be like hey, I'm gonna play this. So I this is like a total gem of retro roulette for sure, but a gem of just you know retro games in general. Um, it's just it's a fun game. it's it's nice to know that there's a digital, uh, control version instead of just the analog uh, which I didn't realize so that definitely earned it more points in my book just now um, it's just it's a fun game and it's not it doesn't seem like it's super long like you said there's all those different other game modes that you can do so if you're not super into the simulation as Mark said you can do more of the arcade mode where you can pick different skins for your car and have fun with it that way but um yeah i I, I enjoyed it I didn't I didn't love it but I also was not frustrated. And hated it, so I was fairly happy with this with this uh, this game.
0: Awesome! I'm going to give it a four out of five because all of the things I said. I of course I forgot to mention the same thing I mentioned in every game that I enjoy on this is the music. The music is so good. The menu music is good, and the like the actual driving music. It's super 90s. It's super like Japanese butt rock tunes as you're playing it's it's so it's so nice to have a game have good so if you like rc pro am if you like rc cars if you like cars simulation whatever i highly recommend picking this or at least trying it out because i i i posted the video on youtube and someone posted like man this game looks really cool i can't find it anywhere and i was like oh no is this one of those games that no one's ever going to be able to find after we talk about it I hope not. I hope I hope it's not one of those games that's like lost to history because I've never heard anybody else really talk about. It. So, I'd say if you if you visit your uncle Vim, you can try it out that way. <laughs> but yeah. All right. Let us spin the wheel. Okay. Mark, you're going to be upset with this. We're playing The Legend of Zelda for the NES.
2: Oh no. <laughs>
1: Oh,
0: no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I can't wait. I can't I, I wait will, for this.
1: I will say that Psy has nothing to do with the game. <laughs> the sigh has to do with what will happen when our next podcast airs. So,
0: uh, yeah, I hope everybody's prepared for this next podcast. So hunker down for, for two weeks from now. I hope, I hope you're ready. Can't I hope wait. I can't wait either. I can't <laughs> wait either because... Jen has never played the original Le- Legend of Zelda, so yep. this yeah. should be a lot of fun.
1: Maybe I'll have someone in my corner.
2: Maybe, yeah. A Link to the Past is my first Zelda game I ever played, so
0: Well, not only that, yeah. but I will get to try out my new streaming setup. Look at that. Yeah, there we go. Amazing how that works out.
2: <laughs> Love it. All
0: right. So it's uh it's been a it's been a lot of fun this week mm-hmm. talking about all this stuff. But before we get out of here, Mark, you want to let everybody know about our family of podcasts
1: yeah we have a stranger damies our D podcast airs every other wednesday wherever you get your podcast. we're on instagram and twitter at stranger damies um we stream at twitch.tv slash game vault pod um every other friday so there'll be a session next friday um for any uh change in terms of time and stuff like that um just keep an eye on the twitter um and uh, you'll stay up to date on that um, and then we have our movie podcast. They called us a movie. Um, it airs every Thursday. You can find it on Spreaker and anywhere else you get your podcast. Um, we're at Instagram and Twitter at the main Damie. Um, the main is where all of our stuff lives. So you can listen to every podcast we do and any writing that we do along the way. Um, it's a good it's a good one stop shop for uh, for everything we do. And um, Jen, what's the streaming look like now?
2: Yeah, so we have some new stuff, if you haven't tuned in in a bit. Um, so I guess I'll start with uh, Mondays being Retro Roulette, and then every other Monday from there would be Tom's playthrough of uh, a retro game right now. It is Suicoden, but that might be wrapping up soon, so you'll have to stay tuned to see what we're going to play next. Tuesdays are always a day off for us on game Ball Pod. Uh, Wednesdays, we have a lot of fun. The three of us jump on Apex for Apex After Dark. And we are forever chasing our win, which I mean we're getting there, so maybe it'll happen soon. Who knows? I say I say uh, we
0: if we win, we switch to a new game. Yes,
2: that's fair. <laughs> um, then we have Thursdays with Paper Mario, or as it sounds, Mark is playing through Paper Mario, and uh, we have something lined up after that comes to an end. Uh, Fridays is um, it. Alternate's bi-weekly, so we either record the podcast here that you're listening to on Fridays, so we may have a day off from streaming. Um, And then if not, we have been doing live streaming of D&D. That might be changing as well soon, so we'll keep you guys up to date. Usually Twitter is the best place to go when you want to know what's going on with us in general. Uh, Saturdays is Mass Effect with Mark. Um, Usually that's sometime in the early afternoon on Saturdays, um, so we'll let you know if anything changes there. And then Sunday's is uh, Dan of the Wild, where my husband Dan is uh, kind of a guest on the stream, and he plays through Breath of the Wild. And that's it so far.
0: Awesome. Lots of stuff happening, lots of stuff upcoming. So keep your eyes peeled on the Twitter. Uh, Before we end, I just want to mention that we are an affiliate of Stone Age Gamer. If you have a need for any classic console accessories, uh controllers, cables, mods, pretty much anything you can think of. Stone Age gamer has it. So if you want to check them out, use the link in our description or uh, or if you watch our streams, it's also there as well. And uh, anytime you use that link and purchase something, it gives us a little kickback and helps make our streams and podcasts better for you guys. And also, I want to mention that they have a huge sale going on right now for the 4th of July. So if you need anything, uh, they have 10% off on uh, EverDrive GG. They have $15 off on the EverDrive N8. $8 off on the 8-BitDo SN30 Pro Plus. Uh, and if you use the code FIREWORKS, you can get an additional $5 off of $50. So nice. don't forget to use the code FIREWORKS at checkout. So I want to thank everybody for hanging out. Uh, we'll link to all the people we talked about in the description. Hopefully you check them out and let, let them know you came from us so uh, so they know where you're coming from. And I uh, want to thank just uh, everybody for, for for being here yet again. It's, uh, it's been a long couple of weeks, so I'm glad we got this done. And from Mark and Jenny, I'm Tom, and we'll catch you guys in the next one.